This is a crowd podcast. You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Dr. Cuterus. Good morning, Reed, or good evening. Good evening. Yeah, it's like 20 to 5 over here. <laughs> <laughs> AAM Bays in LA. <laughs> How's it going? It's going okay. Yeah, it's all right. Hanging in there. It's a bad day today. <laughs> I'm like trying to, I feel like I'm trying to drag someone out of a hot, sticky pool of mud. Yeah, you are, I think. I think that's the way. I thought you were going to be super excited to tell me some stuff that's been happening to you at the beginning of this episode because you half told me about it yesterday on our morning meeting. And I know that there's been some exciting things happening for you in the last week. Yeah, there have been. Really exciting. I I had a really nice weekend. Really nice. Um, But period has just completely like smashed me in the face. PMS. Yeah, like... So I'm just like, I, I hate life right now. Oh, fuck. Can't yeah, pull myself out of the period pool. That was me two weeks ago, like in the worst mood ever mm-hmm. with my PMS. I can't believe how it hits us sometimes. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked. I felt fucking amazing yesterday. And then yeah. I woke up today and I was like, oh my God. Like I felt like I had a, like a, like I was covered in cement. Like I couldn't get out of bed. <laughs> I couldn't do fuck. anything. Even just the idea of going to the toilet. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Oh, babes, so, so long. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like trying to put on a brave face and I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Well, we have a really exciting episode today to get our hands into. We have an amazing guest who is a doctor who is trained in sexual health. So we can literally grill her on all of the questions about sex education. She has worked in the UK, in India, and now she's in the US. So she has been around loads of different types of sex education. Yeah, maybe she can tell me why I feel so fucking shite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she probably will be able to. I'm like, Doctor, please help me. My womb is killing me slowly. It's more like, uh, just like the depressive feeling. Like the cr- I'm crushed by life today and I can't bring myself out of it. It's just frustrating. I was going to say, mm. like, it, I think a lot of people don't realise like we being who we are and putting our faces out there. And there are some days where we literally have to just put on a brave face and fucking record a podcast or film something. It's It's literally the last thing you want to do. Yeah. I mean, we've had episodes where we've like literally been crying before yeah. recording yeah, and like, being I like, do I it. don't think I can do this. And then, mm-hmm. and then just being like, okay, okay, I'm going to do it. Okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, just got to get on with it. Well, I can start off with the updates. I had... um. I feel like I had an interesting sexual experience on Sunday. I had a bit of a revelation this weekend where I decided that I'm, even though I'm like, I am in this weird place where I'm like half wanting to get into another relationship, half mm. enjoying single life. But then I had a realization that actually I think I'm not, ready for a relationship at all Mm. and actually I'm just enjoying single life and that's okay like I don't have to be trying to find a connection with people I meet because it's actually okay not to 
And that was quite a big realisation for me that, you know what, like when I was in relationships, I would always miss being single in some type of way and like miss the freedom, miss like being able to just go on loads of dates. And I'm fucking enjoying like going on loads of dates and meeting new people. And actually, I don't want to give that up anytime soon. So, Mm. and then after I had that realisation, I had like basically a like actually just a dick appointment on Sunday (laughs) and I just went over to you know what it was actually the guy that said that I had thin lips (laughs) oh thin lip guy fuck me the thin lip guy so you know what after that we did hang out once again and it was nice I think I told you guys but then we hadn't seen each other since yeah, when you remove that like feeling of this has to be something more, you have so much more like physical yeah, I mean, and mental I, freedom. It, it was always going to be very casual with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not going to beat around the bush. We had that conversation like in our first FaceTime when I was in Toronto. But um, he, yeah, so anyway, he was like, what are you doing on Sunday? So I was like, oh, you know, just sunbathing in the garden, having a me day, um, but I'll be free when the sun leaves the garden. Um, and so yeah, I ended up going to his on Sunday and this is the first time I've been to his, this is the first time we were gonna be like sexually intimate. And I was actually considering everything that happened with a thin lip moment, <laughs> didn't have the highest expectations. I didn't think like it was going to be bad, obviously, because I wouldn't have gone if I thought it was going to be bad. But, mm. you know, I was just like, you know, it's going to be a fuck. But his dick was such a good fit. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was so shook. So, yeah, it was like a or like a key in a lock situation. And I was like, wow, these don't come around very often. And yeah, it was just really rubbing all the right spots and felt amazing. But I told you about this yesterday. So we had sex once and there was a condom in the first time we had sex. The second time we had sex. And this (laughs) happens so often. I've experienced this a lot in my life Mm -hmm. where... There's a sexual situation and people make presumptions about your sexual health and their own sexual health. And they, in that moment of like being so turned on and horny, they go against their better judgment and try and avoid using a condom. So like we were getting all like hot and frisky again, genitals rubbing and like, I was like, hey, we have to use a condom. And then there was more rumming and like avoiding him, avoiding that, what I said basically. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like getting in my own head. Like, I think I've told you guys before, like I find the idea of the risk and the danger of that moment, a huge fucking turn on. It's like like breeding like, pink, isn't it? It's Yeah, it's part of the breeding kink. And also just like, we shouldn't be doing this. So now I'm really like turned on by it. And I think I might have said twice, hey, we should use a condom. Because I have like my, obviously I do have my better judgment head on like during sex. And I'm like, I do need to say this because I do like, this is what we should do. But my body won't let me pull away because I'm so fucking turned on by the moment. So I can't like pull away and be like, Here's a condom, I brought one with me. So in the moment, this is what really confuses me because it's such a gray area. Mm-hmm. Cause 
I then allowed him to penetrate me without a condom and it felt fucking amazing. And I had an orgasm within like the first two minutes because I was so turned on by that and it felt so good. Mm -hmm. But then after I orgasmed for the rest of the sexual thing before he came, I was in my head like, fuck, what what are we doing? Like, (laughs) we're just going fucking raw dog here. Like, yeah. And it's not going on. Because it's not just assuming people's sexual like health and assuming you both don't have STIs it's also yeah. like if you're not on contraception I bet you right? if you've been like okay we can do this but there is quite a high risk of pregnancy one in five women get pregnant from the pullout method do you want to have a baby with me he might think completely differently about yeah about I mean it. I said I said during I was just like you cannot come inside me by the yeah. way yeah because I don't know if he knew that I wasn't on contraception it would just be irresponsible not to ask. But I don't, I hate that question as well. I hate it when guys are like, are you on contraception? I'm like, are you, are you expecting to come inside me? Like, is this, you know, I, I think I've told yeah. Sam off for that question. And he was like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I just, you know, just wanted to know. I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's good for them to know. Like he should have, I feel like he should have asked in that moment. <laughs> yeah, he like... de- in that moment, absolutely. <laughs> But then, and then afterwards, I was just lying there feeling a bit like, I was getting in my head. I was just like, fuck, now I need to go and find like, how do you even get tested in America? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know, like their healthcare system's fucked. Can I get a test for free? Am I going to have to pay for it? Like, can I even get a test as someone that's not an American citizen? I'm sure it can. But like, all these questions floating around in my head. And then I decided that I was going to say something to him because I was just Mm -hmm. like, I can't just be sitting here feeling all these things and not say anything to him. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, you know what? I'm feeling some type of way about not using protection because I feel like, you know, I, because of what I do, like I should be way more responsible and I feel like I let it happen. Mm -hmm. And he was very like, oh, babe, like I'm really sorry, like sorry I just got carried away like all of those things that's like I know how he was feeling but at the same time I did ask twice yeah to use a condom you have every and that's when but but at the same time it's easier to say something than it is to pull away from the moment Mm -hmm. so I I, I'm torn about that gray area it is I mean like yeah we've all done it I've done it too and it's good for us to talk about it because there are a lot of people out there that will have the guilt from being caught up in the moment and not using protection because protection is drilled into us it's like you are a bad person if you don't use protection which is also a like a bad stigma you know that's that's wrong to think that because situations are so different from not just person to person but also like sexual experience to sexual experience it's like where do you draw mm. the line and when you are caught yeah. up in the heat of the moment it is hard to say what is exactly. frustrating is when you do say and it, nothing happens from it's there but also yeah like again you kind of semi gave permission I also uh, it's so, again yeah. a gray area it's not just a black and white answer of like yes or no yeah, because I said it, but I was still rubbing my pussy up on his dick. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't fucking know. Yeah. And then like, oh my God, the first thing I said after we finished fucking was when was the last time you got tested? Like nothing else was said after that, apart from what was the first time, when was the last time you Jesus, were tested? Jesus, yeah. Because I hadn't even had the chance to have that conversation yet, you know? Because mm-hmm. this was the, the first time we'd been sexually like 
around each other. Yeah, fuck. and he was Terrifying. just like, yeah, two two months ago, and I was like, well, yeah, two months ago for me too, and I was just like, have you st-? like, um, and I was just like, well, you know, like if you did this with me, have you done this with the other girls that you have slept with recently? And he was just like, yeah, no, I haven't really like slept with that many people recently. But and I'm you- just like. Do, I, do believe I believe him? you? Yeah. Do I not believe you? Do you like, I also like have been coming to the, I think a lot of people don't have a, as much sex as we have. Yes, I think that's true. Yeah. But I also don't know, maybe he is. <sighs> I don't know. I, I feel like it's also this, again, this idea of you're bad if you have sex with loads of people. You know, if he had owned up and he was like, yeah, so I have had sex with like nine people in the past, blah, 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 and they were all without protection. There's like element of owning it and you're allowed to be angry, but like at least there's the honesty there. Yeah. But because it's like a, oh, kind of wishy-washy answer. You're just like, uh, I just don't trust that. I don't trust <sighs> yeah. that. But thing is, I'm not, I'm not like the, I'm not a saint. I'm not mm-hmm. an angel. Mm-hmm. I had unprotected sex with my with my friend that I'm seeing mm-hmm. very briefly because we were like, we just want to know what it feels like without a condom on. <laughs> but like, that's someone like I'm seeing more regularly. So that felt like a little bit better. I don't know why. Yeah. And it I was feel- like a joint decision, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like condoms don't ruin sex. I think they we really get, don't. They, they shouldn't do. If they if they're ruining sex for you, you're doing it with the wrong fucking person. You know, yeah. like you're you're supposed to be able to have a laugh about it and all oh, get the condom out and yes, we're doing this together. Rather than yeah. like, you know, like wear that badge with pride. Yes, I'm gonna get a condom. Yes, of course. Exactly. Um, but also give them a shit sandwich. Yeah, like be like, oh, can we like, sorry, can you get the condom? No? Like, well, if you don't want to use, if you don't want to have sex without a condom, like maybe together we can go get tested together and if we're both negative, then we can fuck without condoms. But until then, get the condom. Yeah, for ver- that, is, that is such a good point. But also, if you're, if you're not on contraception, you just shouldn't... Like, if you're not in a relationship, you know... I mean, I was using a pull-out method all the time in my last relationship, so I can't fucking yeah. talk. But yeah. if it's casual again, sex, of- especially... A lot of women don't want to be on contraception either because it fucks us up. Yeah. It's it, like you're doomed. You're damned if you do. So why is it always, you know, like the women have to suffer if they're not on contraception. But again, do not just put it on the man to carry the condom. It is also your responsibility to carry a condom. I did bring condoms with me. Yeah, sorry. I wasn't, I wasn't like having a go at you. I meant like in general. We carry condoms. Like literally they're in our fucking purses, you know. Like we have the condom there. Because we're smart yeah. and we're like, well, if I want to have sex randomly with it, like, not oh, that, want to be able to. Well, yeah. <laughs> we're dumb. <laughs> we're just fucking dumb bitches. Dumb bitches. We've just said too much cum, fill up our brains. <laughs> All right, this conversation's made me feel better. I have a bit more life in me now. Thanks. Okay. Thank you for not yeah, using a condom so, we could, <laughs> so I could feel better during our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> about myself Uh, more animated it's given me life like yes I feel strongly about this (laughs) so yeah my update my weekend was was actually sextastic ended up having a threesome on the Friday which is really nice Um, and I felt like like introducing Sam to a whole new world of like (laughs) non-monogamy Um, and he's had threesomes before, but not like a, let's go on a date with somebody and go back to our house and have some fun. And I, I don't have yeah. many threesomes like that. It's normally like sex parties. I think the Dom couple was the first time I had a proper threesome. Otherwise yeah. it's all been sex party threesomes and stuff, uh, which I don't Ooh, really care. How exciting. 
Um, and that was lovely. We had a nice date beforehand and it was a very good threesome. Like a lot of good happened from it. There was sort of no awkwardness. We both like talked and had fun. And um, there were there were a few things that I struggled with, like with, because again, we're so used to being so communicative and mm-hmm. I, I want a threesome to be like, literally, I do not like this. I do like this. Like that's the kind of communication I want and expect. And um, I, I felt like I wasn't getting that. I felt that she was really hard to read. But I, you know, I spoke to her about that. I did say like, you're really hard to read. Is it okay if I ask you a question? You know, like I I want an enthusiastic yes if you're down for it. But, um, yeah. you know, different different people. Some people don't necessarily work that way or don't feel comfortable yet to be that explicitly honest and open. I think some people during sex as well just aren't used to saying things and they find yeah. it like gets them out of the moment by saying those things because they're just not used to that being a conversation and it can do and uh and there was a moment where sam was pushing her head down on his dick and which was like lovely to see but i panicked and i was like oh my god you know like what if she's not cool with that have you asked have you had that conversation and i did sort of stop the moment i was like whoa whoa, whoa, are you you okay with this you okay with like gagging on his cock and she was like she was like yeah and uh, and Sam and her had a conversation beforehand about that kind of stuff. Like he, I guess he can fill in the dots a bit more than I can. I need it so literal. Yeah. Um, until, you know, until I'm used to somebody. And then I feel like I don't need to ask those questions anymore until I can like predict what they're thinking. Still important to check in. But yeah, it was amazing. Like seeing seeing Sam's face when both of us were sucking his dick at the same time. It's like the best thing I've ever fucking seen. It's so good. <laughs> it is just so good. Like if I was a dude, that would be like my ultimate. Like I want two girls sucking my dick at the same time. Oh like, up my and God. And down at the same fucking time. Like that, I love that shit in porn anyway. Yeah. I'm not really into watching blowjobs, but like I was always like, wow, that must be amazing. And yeah, it was got the got it all. Yeah. How does he feel like after that experience with you? Um, Actually, I, how do you feel after that experience with him? That's a good question. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I always found that having sex with other people just made me closer to my partner. Always. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it made me sort of like see them from a different perspective and enjoy them. But then it's also, again, it's an element of uh, self-esteem. There's no um, insecurities. But of course, like checking in is so important afterwards. Like how how was that for you? Did you enjoy it? Was that, what did you like? What mm-hmm. didn't you like? Um, so yeah, it was, I definitely felt so much closer to him. Like, yes, we done, it was like a team effort. We did this together. Um, still very sexy and very excited for our next threesome which I'm actually having to reschedule which I'm really sad but you know when that when that comes about that'll be fun nice and and how's he how was he like afterwards was he just like whoa that was amazing yeah yeah I feel like his mind was blown uh just like the first (laughs) time I ever went to a sex party but again it's it's still so hard to come I couldn't come you know I Especially when you're having like a couple of drinks and she couldn't Threesomes. come either. Impossible. I feel like that's just the thing. Like, I don't think you can come during a threesome. Yeah. the I have come once from a threesome, but that was like a G-spot orgasm and they were both focused on me and my pleasure. Yeah. And I felt yeah. like there were no... Oh God, it was really good. Like, I think I almost cried afterwards. Because wow. I was like, I'd, I'd hardly ever came with oh, somebody Oh, the one in hedonism. Before. Yeah, in hedonism. Such a cool, such a cool experience. But yeah, this one, uh, so caught up in my own head. It's like, I need for I need to be able to fully focus and you can't because you're there giving pleasure to another person or two other people or more 
Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that it it did take me a while, but Sam and I fucked afterwards, and then I got my orgasm, which was nice. Yay! Thanks. Nice. Sam. And then. We had a really fun fuck weekend. Uh, I'm going to try and race through it. But on the Sunday, um, after we got back, we had like a full chill day. And we ended up like having fun. You know, it's the first time Sam or I have been able to live on their, on on our own without housemates. So we just went in. We both tied each other to the chair and like played with each other and teased with each other. And fuck me, made loads of OnlyFans content. And I ended up getting tied nice. to a chair. And like, like I... I Oh my god, suction cup dildo on a chair tied to it and then like edged and teased with a motherfucking wand for like ages. Florence, I was I was in heaven. I got up and I was like dripping, like literally dripping. Oh, fuck. Like down my legs. I was like, what the fuck, man? I mean, this is where Holy my kink of shit. kink of uh, bondage comes in because I was just in fucking heaven. Wow. That's when you know you're like super turned on by like that kink or like whatever's happening. It's like when you're actually dripping. Like even before there was any sexual stuff, just being tied to the chair, I was like, oh God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm fucking ready. Frothing I was like, get, at the mouth. Yeah, I was fro- frothing at the gash. I was like, please, I was like, please, get me out of this chair, Sam, just fuck me. He was like, oh. Oh my god! Yeah, um, that sounds amazing. So yeah, it was just a great fucking weekend. Um, I definitely maybe that's why I'm feeling really low. I've got like mad sub drop. That makes so much sense. So you've got PMS and you've also just had like the best sex all weekends. Yeah. You're so tired. Yeah, my, my like all my serotonin and dopamine's used up. And on Sunday after we yeah. played, I was literally like, I was like so not normally super needy, but oh my god, I was so needy. I was like, I need constant <laughs> cuddles and reassurance and like I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ, who am I? Well, I think it is time to bring on our guests. <laughs> Hey, Tanea. Welcome to Fox Given. How are you today? Hello, hello. I am very well. How about you? Yeah, we're great. Thank we're you. Good. Well, no. Oh, I spoke for both of us too soon. <laughs> uh, although the conversation, the intro we did, did, did give me some pep and life, but maybe you can shed some light on this. I feel like crap. Um, and I'm like PMSing and I've got sub drop and I didn't know like do you have an do you know why we feel so awful around our period like like depressed and uh, like everything's awful is it is it chemical give me some hope please you're amazing (laughs) we're like right in we've got a doctor on board let's get the advice (laughs) yeah I know we're like one of those annoying friends where you're just like yeah so I'm a doctor and they're like oh can you look at this really gross thing that's on my back please you're like please like pay me for my time please so we're just gonna say I love doing that (laughs) I love being that person yes I will tell you I will tell you I know the answer to this that's good. Oh my that's god, that's good. amazing. Yeah. Someone actually asked me a question at my own wedding about their health. So at your wedding. At your yes. own wedding. Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, to yes. be fair, I've just done almost <laughs> as bad. I've just like cut you down and asked you to help me out when you haven't even had a chance to talk about who you are and introduce yourself and that is just like really bad practice I'm so sorry so please hello hi it's really nice to have you on our podcast please tell our lovely listeners a bit about yourself and who you are you're so kind thank you so much but still again I love I love answering questions like that but um which is the background to who I am uh, my name is Tanea I'm a doctor I practice in India and the UK 
Um, I recently moved to the U.S. on a sabbatical while I write my book mm-hmm. because um, I talk all about sex and sexual health on the internet, and that's also what my book is about. And ah. that's it. I'm called Doctor Cutrus on the internet because I have a name that's hard to pronounce, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah for most so of now, this- Reed, you can ask your question. <laughs> Um, so do you have any inclination why I might be feeling so shit why we as women feel so shit just before our periods or just after a round what's going on there it's nasty isn't it that we get like the short end of the stick but um, Mm -hmm. basically what happens is that you have a bunch of hormones in your body that are regulating your cycles that are regulating your periods when you're releasing the egg and what happens in a period is that suddenly all of these hormones are taken away Mm mm-hmm and when there's no hormones, your body is just like, oh, whoops, okay, I'll drop the load now. And then it just lets out a period. <laughs> <laughs> and because of this sort of suddenly taking away the hormones, we get a whole clusterfuck of emotions ranging from sadness, anxiety, um, feeling extremely hungry. Is it just mm-hmm. me? Yeah. Very yeah. sleepy. So a whole bunch of issues. Yeah, exhausted. And my OCD gets so much worse, like um, unmanageable around this time where I just become very controlling and control much, trying to control everyone and anything and all my environment. Um, So thank you for that. I appreciate it. I feel like it has a lot more weight coming from a doctor rather than we get that stereotype of women always complaining and being sad and emotional around their period. It's like, no, literally there are physical changes and chemical changes going on inside of us. Please just be a little more respectful and understand. Mm -hmm. I still think that we should be able to... when. Florence, in our company, in the future, I want it to be that that a woman can take off or people, uterus-owning people can take off at least a day a month if their period fucks them up. Because it is is almost like having a bad fucking cold for a lot of people. There is a food delivery company in India that gives you two days off every month for your period. Oh, that's amazing. (gasps) That's so progressive. bloody fantastic. Yeah. Oh, bloody indeed. Yes, <laughs> bloody indeed. Right. Okay. Shall we actually get onto the podcast now, rather than talking about me yeah, and my get, issues? I'm so your, sorry, guys. Get your little advice kick fit. So we want to know more about, um, like, you trained in Oxford. What did you train in, and how did you start getting interested in sexual health? Both my parents are fertility doctors, so I come from a long lineage of just dealing with junk and um and I it was it was very normal conversation in my house to talk about semen or somebody's period right that's amazing and that's so yeah, good it's now that I step out in the real world I see how great it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then uh, again this was also a normal conversation in medical school because of course and then I stepped away and I was like I really want to get into some research I want to learn something a little bit more on the more academic side so I applied at Oxford and I went to study um, assisted reproduction so basically like IVF and related technologies mm-hmm. I had a great time but what I figured was that a lot of the reason why we need assisted reproduction is very basic stuff you know if we understand a little bit more about STI prevention Mm -hmm. if we understand a little bit more about sex ed all of these issues wouldn't exist and this Mm -hmm. sort of ties in very well with so interesting infertility is preventable in a lot of situations so um I, I just found that it's it's a 
it ties in really well with everything that my dad used to tell me. So this is my favorite story. I tell everybody I made the story. Mm-hmm. So uh, my dad had a patient, and it was a couple who had been trying to have a child for about seven years. They couldn't conceive, so they came to my parents, of course, and that's where they met them. And they ran all the tests, and it turns out there was absolutely nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. There was no reason why they should not be having a child. So. Out of curiosity, my dad sat the fellow down and he's like, "Dude, what are you doing? Why is this not working?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> and guess what? This fellow had been putting it in his wife's belly button for the past seven years. Please. I wish I was making this up. Please, I am what? seven years. Oh my lord! Um. I'm trying. I'm trying not How to laugh because put... it's not their fault. It's not his fault. It's not either one of their fault. It's the lack of education. But the belly button of all things. His logic makes sense. You know, uh-huh. babies come from the tummy, and there's a hole in the tummy, so you put it there. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh. Oh, that's wow. really sad. It makes sense why something like that as well. Hearing a story like that would really provoke you to be like okay people need more information when it comes to sex that is true you know like i thought it might be different in india that you know we're a developing country maybe we don't have enough education we don't have enough conversation around this topic Mm. and then i landed up at oxford which is supposed to be some of the most brilliant minds on the planet and Mm -hmm. nobody knew anything so, <laughs> there, there was so many misconceptions about sex and sexual health, even in a place that is supposed to be wow. full of very educated people. Yeah. And I just, the more and more I sort of, we did postings with the NHS, well, the more and more I went on shadow visits to different hospitals. Mm-hmm. I just was astounded by the lack of knowledge that is everywhere. It's not mm-hmm. just an India problem, it's everywhere problem. What, what are the differences between, as you've been a doctor in India and in the UK, I, I don't know if you're practicing in the US, but have you found any differences within sexual health in the different countries or do you feel like it is quite similar everywhere? So uh, in sort of the more higher socioeconomic strata in India, it is similar to the rest of the Western world. But in lower socioeconomic strata in India, we have more basic problems like um, there's so many myths around menstrual health. You know, there's there's Mm. stuff like if you touch pickles, they'll go bad. I mean, imagine having that power. You can rot food on touch. (laughs) (laughs) It's strange how, like, we all create these, like, myths around sex. And it's always around sex. And I wonder whether it's because of, like, the power that sex does have and the power that women have, especially when it comes Mm -hmm. to sex and reproduction. Anything you don't talk about, they become, like, 1,500 sort of secrets around it. Like the Area 51. If the government yes. just to disclose what the Area 51 is, we won't have all of these conspiracy theories on the internet. Absolutely, about yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, so if we just talk more about periods and sex and butts and vaginas and penises mm-hmm. and boobs, I think we might solve this problem. <laughs> why, why do you find it so important that we do talk about sex, especially after the stories that you've told us um, earlier today so I think it's all built on that background and then also like when I was younger I remember I used to have a boyfriend and I was slut shamed about it so much 
and you know when i would make out with him even just to kiss i i remember freaking out that oh my god what's going to happen now and then yeah. you know just just that younger self that has all of these questions and nowhere to get them addressed in a simple language because if you do look this up on the internet you might find very technical articles about this is how ovulation and conception happens i think it was that sort of lack of resource situation and also the fact that this is such a normal conversation in my household i never realized that this is not a normal conversation in other places mm-hmm. that it was a combination of both of those things and i was like this is who i am in person so I, why don't i be that person on the internet and that's somewhere how it somehow how this happened <laughs> yeah i mean you've you like you've got so many followers i was going to say there's a thirst instagram for it. they they need the people need to hear you and hear you well. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's amazing that someone that is a doctor and sex educator, mm-hmm. like talking about sex and sexual health and reproduction and everything like that has such a big voice online. And yeah, I mean, I'm so fucking grateful for you. Mm-hmm. I am so fucking grateful for the internet for letting this happen. Like I never, I remember when I started my account, I was telling my mom, I was like, mama, you know, one day I'll have 10,000 followers. You watch. <laughs> And yes. then it, it happened and it, it grew beyond 10,000. And, you know, just having the 10,000 was such a big dream because I didn't expect mm-hmm. this conversation to be so accessible, which tells you a great deal about the fact that there are people who want to know about this and learn about this, but just don't have yeah. either the right language, it's inaccessible, or just don't have the right people to talk about it. That's hot. <laughs> if there was one piece of sexual advice that you think everyone should know about what do you think it would be okay there's two can i can i can i share two please <laughs> yes yes yeah. yes you are welcome <laughs> one is you need protection for oral sex so dental dams and condoms are important mm-hmm. when you're having oral sex i did not know what a dental dam was until i moved to the uk and i am a doctor i should know this <laughs> <laughs> yeah shit yeah i mean i'm sitting here and i'm nodding my head and i'm still thinking i'm never gonna do this i'm so sorry like <laughs> it's so true it's so this is a really interesting conversation though yeah like what okay why Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay because stis and oral sex is a great way of transmitting stis so many people think oh no i'm not going to have sex i'll just you know go down on him and it'll be fine and right you have an sti what STIs can you pass on through oral sex? So the one you want to be careful around is herpes. A lot of people have cold sores around their mouths. You want to be careful around HSV, mm-hmm. HPV, um, gonorrhea, chlamydia, everything, basically. Everything that you know we know is a high-risk situation in terms of getting STIs. Oral sex is a yeah. very high-risk situation. And mm-hmm. because it is considered not having sex in a lot of ways sort of like a loophole around it people are even more less careful around it yeah yeah I'm, I'm definitely a culprit of that like I will go have like usually have protected sex but I will give head without a condom on or you know without mm-hmm. any protection there and that's kind of always been the go-to if I'm honest and I think probably most people will say the same But Florence and I do talk a lot about uh, the stigma around getting an STI and how getting an STI is shit and it is bad and it can cause complications for fertility in the future. But we are also so 
hell bent and caught up on like it being the end of the world and 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 like so disgusting and shameful that we don't talk about it when we do catch yep. something um because you know you're having sex if you're having unprotected sex you are very likely to catch something at some point within your life um and because it happens like i've i've got stis i've had genital warts herpes not genitally but i've had herpes and what's the other one that i've had i don't know i don't know what it's called something hsv one yeah, HSV, but then HSV, I don't know 100% because I thought, I thought genital warts was the same and it's not. It's you. It's a symptom of HS, HSV. It's HPV. Oh. HPV, thank you, HPV. But you H- don't... Yeah. Yeah, but you don't always... It doesn't have to... And sort of, it's so important it. to plug it at this point that they have been studied. So HPV mm-hmm. is linked with causing cancer and like a bunch of cancers, like cervical yes. cancer, back mm-hmm. of the throat cancer, um, you know... Yeah, and penile cancer and anal cancer. And, you know, it's not just the risk of STIs. And again, there's, I'm not trying to shame the idea of getting STIs, but mm-hmm. why not protect yourself if you can? It's like going into a crowded club at the moment without a mask is the same thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it's not just like a temporary STI situation. It's also the fact that it can increase your risk of getting certain cancers. So why not protect yourself? And I know the UK is doing a fabulous job at controlling HPV with the vaccinations. And yeah. yes, all that new stuff that came out with, um, they had, they did a test of, sorry, they did a survey of 1.7 million women who had this vaccine. And it's almost 90%. like what, it's something mad, like 90% effective against cervical cancer for the women which was just it's a fucking round of applause to like is that a new thing because i had a cervical cancer vaccine when i was 16 Mm -hmm. yeah that would be the same thing we i I think most of us had that at school um if because like we're we're the around the age of 30 i've just turned 31 and i think they brought it in either around my time at school or just after or something so i remember I don't know if yeah. anyone older than my age got it in the UK, but definitely younger. Um, Interesting. They also, unless your parents said no. They also started vaccinating um, penis owners with it. So the vaccine only came out in 2006 in the UK, if I'm not wrong. Um, so it mm. should have been around then. Only people post-2006 would have been able to get it. But now that they've also started vaccinating school-going penis owners, it's it's great because, Amazing. you know, like everybody's protected now. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so what was your what was the second thing? I think that was it. Yeah, HPV. <laughs> HPV was my second point. So in India we don't have HPV available uh, the vaccine available so easily. Um it costs about 20 pounds per mm-hmm. dose, which is not a lot of money if you really think about it, but it is a lot of money for a lot of Indian people. And you need three mm-hmm. doses mm-hmm. depending on what age you get it. If you get it at a younger age, you only need two. So, um most people don't know about it. And I've had so many of my uh, audience who go to their doctor, who go to their gynecologist and ask for it. And the gynecologist is like, why? Are you sexually active? You don't need it. And that's the whole bloody point. You have to get it before you're sexually Jesus. active, right? Fuck. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Terrifying. What, what happens if you get it after you're sexually active? Because it is known that you're supposed to have it before you have sex. So it's not... Yeah, ever, right? ideally, because you want to have it before you're ever exposed to HPV. But the thing is, HPV can spread from skin to skin contact. You don't necessarily need to have sex for it. 
Um, so the earlier you mm. get it, the better it is in every way. But um, you can still get it even after you have been sexually active. I mean, it's still protection, right? It's it's not it's not completely yeah. like a lost cause. And also, I guess like having said all of this, though, as well, a, like a huge percentage of people do have HPV, and it's not the end of the world if you do have it right yeah I, I know so many people that have hpv uh people that have managed to have babies you know it's um it is if if there is someone out there listening to it going like oh what was me i didn't get the vaccine because i have hpv like it's something mad like was it 85 percent of u.s citizens have hpv it's such a high um statistic i want to know what's what's you the uk like i wonder have we done that test yet no, I probably fuck? just got it because I had sex with an American without a condom. Yeah, done deal. Sit, collect collect them all, Pokemon. Can you get Can you get it still if you had the vaccine? Because Reed had the vaccine. The vaccine mm. protects you against, depending on which one you get, it protects you against four strains or nine strains. So mm-hmm. you can still get um. infected with a certain strain of HPV, but the four or nine strains are the most commonly linked with getting cancer. So, you know, the more high-risk ones and the others can cause warts and other things, so... It's all, I mean, it's not a big deal, mm-hmm. really, because what you really want to be careful around is cervical cancer, because it's the second most common cancer in women in the world. And we talk so much about breast wow. cancer. We don't talk about cervical cancer enough. Like so many people don't know that we have a cervix yeah. or there's a thing like a cervix. The, the issue with uh, cervical cancer in particular is that it's often diagnosed when it's already like very advanced and sometimes not even then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and aggressive. Just sort it out earlier right like why wait mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's uh, it's really frustrating um that there just isn't enough information and enough sort of like medicine i mean we talk about this a lot with just female anatomy and medicine and how it's kind of just been put on the sideline for a lot I don't want to make this into like a sexist thing but it we're we're just forgotten about most Tests are done with men in mind. Um, I'm going through all these tests at the moment for endometriosis and um, lots of scans. And the next step for me is to see a gynecologist specialist and potentially have a laparoscopy, a laparoscopy. which is surgi- a surgical camera. Yeah, laparoscopy, yeah. Um, uh, to see if I've got endometriosis because you can't tell otherwise. Um, I didn't know if you had any sort of information or anything that you can give me on that because I'm hearing everyone at the moment talk about endometriosis and how it goes so undiagnosed um and like what like what can I do like is there anything else that's like endometriosis that that I might have instead you know or am I gonna get is it a lot of it is like is this my obsessive compulsive disorder and all of these symptoms are in my head that's what I constantly think at the moment that like I'm doing all of this I, and it's not real. <laughs> sorry, that was probably a therapy moment there. <laughs> so, sorry, I'll, I got my therapy appointment all on Thursday. I schedule my appointment. Wait, moving countries has thrown that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so blimey, the first yeah. thing, I mean, don't trivialize your pain like that. If you are having enough pain to consider endometriosis as a diagnosis, this is not something that you should think that. Oh, this is just my OCD playing up. Um, period pain can be really mm-hmm. intense for a lot of people. And if it is that intense, it is worth getting investigated. 
And I think the stat for the UK mm-hmm. is that um, it takes about seven years for somebody to get diagnosed with endometriosis. So seven years of appointments. Basically, the issue with endometriosis is that it's so poorly understood. Like the best test we have for a condition that plagues, I think, if I remember correctly, about 10 to 15 percent of the world population is surgery. You know, like we we should have something simpler for this. We should have a blood test by now. We've known about endometriosis for a very long time. Why is it taking us so long? Yeah. And it's it's a very good reflection on the fact that there's not enough money in women's medicine. Like, I can't remember where I read this and I don't know if this is an accurate stat. But about uh, there was some comparison of how much money is spent into research on erectile dysfunction. And 14% of that money is spent on endometriosis research. That is staggering because erectile dysfunction, yeah, sure. I'm not trying to trivialize the issue, but it's not that you're living in constant physical pain every single month compared to a condition like endometriosis. Mm -hmm. No, um, it's not a painful experience. It's not something that's affecting you every single day. It's just affecting sex, right? Emotionally, it can be. But actual physical mm-hmm. pain where you're unable to get out of bed and just writhing in pain is not mm-hmm. is not good. Yeah, I'm scared. Like my cramps haven't even kicked in yet. I'm just feeling like the emotional effects and I'm I'm like like do I have to cancel my week? Um I've got events. I hadn't I had a threesome booked in on Thursday, which I'm having to cancel because I'm like, I'm just gonna be a mess as soon as my period hits and and I will I mean today was a bed day and I haven't had my cramps yet. And I haven't had my my flow, so I'm just like yeah. dreading. And see, this is this is the kind of thing that makes me so <laughs> yeah. angry that this really impacts people's lives. You know, it takes out days from your life. So why are we not focusing more on this? Uh, mm-hmm. One of my really really good friends has really bad painful yeah. periods, and she has had all kinds of surgery and investigation, but they haven't been able to find any trace of endometriosis, but they also cannot explain why her periods hurt so much. Mm-hmm. And it's especially infuriating for me because she's a really close mm-hmm. friend of mine. And I see it every day. Every month we talk about it. And yeah. even I can't help me being a doctor in this field. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just a sad situation yeah. all around. And I, I, I guess like, you know, the jobs that you are doing now on social media and like putting your voice out there and what we do, this is the start of the conversation, right? Like this is the start of the movement to like make things happen. So, you know, we you, like as much as this is really annoying, we can't stop talking about these things um, because we we have to use our voices to make these changes happen because this is not okay like I want you know if I have children I want like when I don't want them to be having these issues when they're in their 30s like mm-hmm. I want the world to be in a different place then yeah is it is there anything positive that you're seeing from your side that that's you know like exciting in medicine or big changes that you're excited about that you know to leave on a nice light lighter note than yeah all um, of this since we've talked majorly about social media and sort of the how it's sort of linked with medicine in my case i'm gonna tell you a couple of happy incidents from there which is that um one of my patients recently got not one of my patients, one of my audience people recently got pregnant um, and they'd been trying for a while, but they weren't able to have sex because sex was painful. So very simple advice, four plain lubricants. And now they have, they're have they on their way to having a baby. So it just makes me so happy. 
Oh, that's so lovely. Such such, such simple, simple things, things that we just never never got taught in sex ed. Like lube can change the game. Before <laughs> playing lube is everything. Oh, yeah. That's so good. Nice. I one. remember even when I was in my early 20s, I had a boyfriend and oh. all our sex was painful. Um, because yes. for some reason, I don't know what was going through my life. It was just, or our, it was like our chemistry, our partnership. I could never get wet. His dick was quite big. And like, it was just every single time I was like, this is uncomfortable. And I still at that age was just like, wasn't thinking, oh, let's go and buy some lube. Yeah, it just it, wasn't wasn't on my mind. It's such a cyclical cycle. Like I had exactly the same with a boyfriend where um, you're like, your lube is like the last resort when it really doesn't work. And of course, when you use when you use lube and you're really, you know, you've already had that abrasion, oh, yeah. you try the lube and it stings. And so you don't want to use lube again. You have to use lube to start before yeah. you even have penetrative sex, like before anything. And then also... That sex hurts, so it has in your mind that it's going to hurt. And then it's just this horrible loop of like perpetuating doom rather than being like, before yeah. anything, warm up the <laughs> oven before you stick in the turkey, loop me the fuck up, and then and we can go for some fun. Yeah, yeah. I use loop all the time and now. The funniest yes. part of all of this is just like, it makes me so happy Yay. when people use loop. And it's so ridiculous that men are obsessed with having a massive penis yeah without realizing how painful it is for most people like i remember this when i was in uh, in england at the, yeah uh, there was this one irish guy i slept with who had the biggest dong i've ever seen in my whole life and like it was it was like a horse and even before i was going to pick up condoms he's just like yeah no you won't find condoms my size i'm big oh, i was like okay sake. whatever <laughs> I was like, okay, he's being a guy about it. Then I saw it and I was like, okay, so this is not going to fit. And <laughs> we had sex and it was the worst sex of my whole life. Oh, shit. Yeah. That was... And I never hooked up with him again, ever. I can imagine. I've only come come to understand like recently the concept of not like girth being too big and that being tight there, but also, um, oh, it sounds so like... I've, feel silly saying it now but like length of womb of like the uterus of how how much my body can take and it's like if I was to have anal sex there's sort of no back door on that but with with my vagina I've got a motherfucking back door and then when you have hard sex with a penis that doesn't that just just goes a little bit beyond how far you can stretch and reach like I think I'm in a lot of pain with that yeah. as well I'm just like I'm being yeah, just I've had to like relearn how to have sex as well. Instead of just being like pounded, I'm just like, well, make love oh. to me, okay? Just can I like super nerd out for a second? One second, I'm yes, gonna grab yeah. my uterus because I have uteruses lying about <gasps> in my bedroom. Oh my course. yes, please grab your uteruses. <gasps> I want to see your uteruses. Yes. I mean, sure, I'd like to yank mine out too, but um, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yay! Hello, vagina. You look great. So we've got the vagina oh, yeah. over here. And for people that are just listening, the vagina is the long tube that connects your uterus to the outside. And it's mm -hmm. like the passageway. And this is where the penis or the menstrual cup or, I don't know, toys or fingers or whatever will go inside. <laughs> so the vagina actually can expand. Yeah. And it can expand a lot. So, which is what happens when you when you just engage in a little bit of foreplay. Now the vagina knows, oh, it's sexy time, and it just relaxes and it expands mm -hmm. to it, just accommodate whatever is going to go inside. Mm -hmm. And then we have at the end of it, we've got the cervix, which is like 
how I always explain it is it's the bouncer that's standing outside the club of your uterus and making sure <laughs> nobody gets in, yeah. you know. <laughs> and um, the cervix actually can yeah. take the pressure. So it doesn't technically have pain receptors, but it has a lot of pressure receptors. So if you bang against it, of course, it's going to feel weird. And that's why sex with a massive penis can be painful and annoying. And you want to focus on a lot more foreplay in that case. And in case it's still not working, you can even get rings that you could put around the penis that can help control the depth of penetration. Mm-hmm. So we have some answers. Yay! Yay. <laughs> that's actually true. And that's really good advice for people that do have a really big dick and mm-hmm. like they find that they just cause everyone pain that they sleep with. Because like... Yeah, you get those get those little rubber rings yeah, the around pillows. your dick, and then the it's golden, right? Um, you can play that game know. where you throw rings at the at the, the yeah. ring the ring toss, literally cool ring toss. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be great foreplay. <laughs> Ding! This chat is fascinating. Like, I've literally just been here, like yeah. I'm learning so much. <laughs> when you so brought, good. when you brought out the uterus, I was like, <gasps> yeah. it was like I'd never seen one before. Like, <gasps> what is that? Oh my! <laughs> But you, you've been absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we can't thank you all. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, please tell our curious fuckers where they can find you and get you know get all your good promo <laughs> out right now. Tell us about your book as well. It sounds good. I am yes. still writing it, so I will talk about it when I can. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, I, I would talk about it if I had something to talk about. <laughs> You'll get there, baby. Well, we can't wait. I can't wait to read your book. I'm going to be sitting here waiting. (laughs) So, um, yeah, you can find me at Dr. underscore Cutris on Instagram. That's where I most often engage. Otherwise, I'm Dr. Cutris on YouTube. And I also have one of those newfangled things called the TikTok now. And I'm also. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm also Dr. Cutris over there. That's, That's it. It's a simple name to remember. Amazing. That's perfect. Yeah, thank amazing. You so well, thank yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Your knowledge has been amazing and I really hope that everyone has, you know, just learnt something today because I definitely have. And thank you for the work that you do as well. Yes. We need you. people like you in the world. And thank you for the work you do, and it's been fantastic being here. That's hot. <laughs> oh my god, she was amazing. Like uh, she Oh, Oh my days. It was really, really cool hearing from her. And I think like we that I wasn't expecting to learn like learn so much in that episode. I mean, obviously I should have expected she's a doctor. But like going into everything to do with women's health and like, gosh, that's such a big conversation, isn't it? Yeah, especially because we should know this shit and we don't, and it's scary how little we know and we're in that space where we yeah. should know and we don't I mean imagine the rest of the fucking world they must be absolutely motherfucking clueless <laughs> you're so clueless out there you're so clueless you goddamn idiots <laughs> education <laughs> failed you failed us too uh, you just have to be yeah. really fucking on it with doing your research and I'm so sorry I just talked so fucking much during that episode like I do feel a bit better but I feel I feel dead like absolutely yeah I mean you started dead. this episode being like yeah guys Miserable. I'm not really gonna be able to pay much attention I'm just gonna be listening here and it reads like hey could you tell me about this thing please and give me this free this- advice <laughs> um, I am my PMS and like my, my cervix my, my, my cervix and also my low cervix and my endometriosis <laughs> please help me so yeah I, I cannot thank her enough she was 
fucking amazing. Um, yeah, and I hope amazing. you guys found that interesting too. I, I, I know there might have been a lot of eye rolls listening to that and women's issues, but they really do need to be listened to. Um, because it, it like, fuck, oh, yes. it's it's so important. It makes me feel so held when I feel yeah. respected for going through like a period, or like yeah. at least heard. Um, yeah. Well, if you found this episode useful um, and it you learned something from it, then please do share it with your friends, with your family. This is one of the safer episodes you can share. Yes. So yes, it is. <laughs> Maybe not at the beginning, but just tell them to skip halfway. Oh yeah. Uh, um, oh yeah. <laughs> fuck the no condom talk at the beginning <laughs> yeah. and then she's just like use condoms when you give oral sex and we're like in it so many people are going to listen to that awkward. conversation at the beginning of us talking about bondage and not using condoms and be like no these two women these preach the bad bad get away like uh, but then we preach the good good the doctor we, preaches the good good we got the good good going <laughs> so remember to leave us a rating and review if you love us because it helps us reach more people and if you learn anything today it would be the fact that we need to have these conversations more regularly spread this message far and wide so please rate five star review <laughs> you can also check us out and keep up to date with our shite on instagram at come curious as well as our personal accounts read amber x and florence bark we also have a twitter as well um what? yes we got I mean, one of them but... yeah we're not we're struggling with it uh but <laughs> it's still there and we hope you enjoyed this podcast episode yeah, see you next Thursday, curious fuckers. Love you all. Bye. Bye. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. <laughs>